of the Grumpy Bunny. I am delighted that you're here because it's a party. What, really? Like, what is the point of a noisemaker if it doesn't make any noise? Ugh. Anyway, we, I, we, I, all of us, I do. Well, I have a great show for you today and it is all about throwing a party because in a few weeks, I am getting ready. Well, I'm not getting ready. I'm getting ready now. But in a few weeks, I'm going to throw a wonderful garden party for all of my vaccinated friends. It's not going to necessarily be the largest party, and it's definitely going to be a little more low-key and more of an invitation only because I kind of want to keep it as safe as possible. But I don't know about you. I've been itching to have a get-together. So I thought I'd showcase with you some of the things that I do for my parties, which everybody, for the record, really likes, and some things that I'm going to change around to make them more appropriate for someone who may be not necessarily ready to come full swing back into the party. A way to kind of still show people you can have people together, but every single person is comfortable the way that they want it to be. Again, I do hope that you got your uh, vaccinations like I have, as has all of my friends. It's really great. And, you know, I want to take this moment to thank iLogic for once again giving me this really great opportunity to have this show that I can bring to you. Because as all of you know by now, I'm not actually a chef. I'm just someone who likes to cook and likes everything cooking. Um, you know, I want to take another moment to say thank you to my uh, producer, Johnny Danger. Without him, I honestly couldn't have this show. All of the behind-the-scenes things that I don't have time to do because I'm cooking live on this webcast, he takes care of. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And another quick shout-out before we begin. I play video games in my off time, and I'm a huge fan of a game called The Elder Scrolls Online. Now, that is what's called an MMO, which is a massive multiplayer online experience. And over the years of playing, I have been part of the best guild on the place of this planet, which is called New Scrolls Order, based off of the Elder Scrolls Online. And I want to give a moment to say thank you to all of my wonderful guildmates who have been with me since the very beginning and the inception of this show. Your constant compliments, appreciation, and support is beyond words or measure the nicest thing. Some of you know the hardships and the struggles that I've had over the years, and you've, you have just jumped in with blind applause about this show, and I just wanted to say thank you. So to some certain special, special people that are in this that I know watch this show, and the first is actually going to be Monkey C, also known as my favorite nickname, Queen Kong. There's also Gammy Gets Your Gun, you know, a few others, Sook, Magook, I, you know, all of you Gigglefoot, I just Uber Dogger want to say thank you. Thank you so much for all of your support. Six to fall. I don't know how I could not, you know, have your accolades every week when I do my show in the Discord chat is just exceptional. So thank you. And thank you to every single one of you on Facebook or Twitter who watch me all the time. All of my friends, my non-friends, people who weren't my friends but now want to be my friends because I'm going to throw a kick-ass party. All of that. Thank you. I, honest to God, love doing this show, and I love the fact that some of you love to watch it. All right, so we've got all their thank yous out of the way. We've done all that stuff. Let's talk food. The first thing I want to show you is a charcuterie board. Now, I love to do these things. They're grazing boards, whatever you call them. Remember we, uh, when I did a pickling episode, I showed you that. But an adaptation that I really liked about my charcuterie board this time is making individualized portions for my people rather than having one giant board for everyone to get to. One of the neat things about having an invitation only party and having it on a smaller scale with some of my more intimate friends is that I know some of their dining habits, what they like, what they dislike, and I've also taken the opportunity to let them know what I'm going to be serving and would they be interested in that. So because of that, I thought, what a great way I can make these individual boards for the guests that come. If someone comes as a, you know, at, on their own, I can make an individual one. Or if someone's coming a little bit later, you know, with a group of people, I can, can make it a little bit larger. But what I'm doing is creating this wonderful environment that's kind of allowing people to enjoy the party the way that they want to. 
I'm going to take this here, some Swiss. I have some basic cheddar. And don't panic, if, by the way, about doing these charcuterie boards. It's so easy to just go to your local grocery store, grab a pack of a soppressetta, some prosciutto, and um, I believe this is some capicola, and put those on there. You can do the cheese blinks through. There are little things that you can do that can make this thing really personalized. What I did is I made some pepadu peppers, which are uh, just a sweet red pepper. They're not spicy at all. I'm going to throw some of these on there like that. I didn't make these olives, but I'll throw those over the top like that. There, it's easier to see for everybody. <laughs> I'll take some salami, some peppered salami, and some other hard meats like that. I took some gluten-free bread that I had earlier, left it out for overnight so that it had a little crusty tops. Then I sliced that. I'm going to set this right off to the side. And then, oh, let me tell you about some of the stuff that I made. Remember my pickling episode where we made a whole bunch of quick pickle stuff? I used the ingredients that, I'm sorry, the same base for the vinegar base. And I made these awesome garlic and carrot cauliflowers. Take these off like that. Anyway, as you can see, as I'm building this thing, I'm able to individualize each individual thing. People know, and it's, I mean, what a wonderful treat to come to a party and find a serving tray for you, made for you. Made, of course, enhanced with my own personal things. I'm not really good at making sliced meats or anything, but I'm really good at making pickling stuff. So I made that, some fresh bread, easy as pie. I can put this on a table area like that. The people know exactly who they're for. And then it's up to them whether or not they want to engage with other people, share those ideas, maybe trade different foods, whatever. My point on the whole idea with the grazing board setup is that it's not hard to make a simple setup for a bunch of different people. And it looks really neat. As It looks like you took a lot of extra time, which you didn't. And it looks like you care, because you do. And you actually are able to make these wonderful arrangements. So again, ta-da. Right, I know. I'm going to just eat one of these. Right, there. So we have a lot of stuff to go over. Let's close with great idea for the grazing boards and the little things. You can go grab from Goodwill or the dollar store, they always have those little mini cutting boards. You could just as easily use salad plates or other stuff like that. There is no issues with that. Anything that you like works really, really, really well. Okay, moving on. Let's talk Waldorf salad. As you know, at a good party, you have to have a good salad. And my personal favorite is Waldorf salad. And I don't wanna hear it from any of you on Facebook or Twitter about how I like it with Miracle Whip and or mayonnaise or yogurt for that matter, I cannot tell you the arguments and debates that we have had over this situation on what is it appropriate for a party. I realized that there are three camps in this world, four actually, the none at all, always use the Miracle Whip, always use the mayonnaise and always use the yogurt. I can understand that, I suppose. We are gonna use the way I like it and that's a classic Miracle Whip. One of the reasons that I like this is that it's a little bit easier to work with, although it does have to stay refrigerated, has this really great sweet and tangy flavor that goes with the Waldorf salad. What I really like most about a Waldorf salad is the fact that it can combine so many distinctive flavors into one big salad, and it's still just this great balance. You got that nice crisp sweetness of the apples, that salty crunchiness that comes from that walnuts, that wonderful flavor of celery, because I'm not exactly sure what flavor celery has. It's just flavored like celery, and then that kind of tart, crisp flavor of the grapes. You can play on those flavors by using Miracle Whip mayonnaise or, or yogurt. If you choose to use the Waldorf salad with yogurt, it ends up being quite a more tangy and tart, and it's really good. Um, mayonnaise will go on from there. So let's get started talking about making this Waldorf salad. So the first thing I've done is I've taken a variety of apples. This time I've used Red Delicious, I've used a Fuji and a Honeycrisp. You always want to use a variety of apples because if you use one, one, like one specific flavor of apple, you're going to have a one note flavor with that apple. Again, two, mix it up. You know, if you are someone that really likes those nice tart, almost sour flavors, oh my gosh, Honeycrisp and some Granny Smith apples, put those in there together. If you're someone that just likes that classic, almost cider apple flavor, a golden delicious mixed with some red delicious, you know, bringing in that just ultra sweet kind of flavor to it, it's a great way to do it. 
Uh, I've taken a bowl of cold water and I've also taken a juice of one lemon and then I've just let rest the left of the lemon in this water and I've let these soak for a little bit. Reason that I've done that is that one, I'm kind of imbuing some of the lemon flavor, this nice sour tart flavor into those apples. Two, I'm ensuring that whenever the apples go out to be served in the Waldorf salad, they're not gonna turn brown or yellow because no one likes a brown apple. So now I've had these soak for a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and make a mess. Live TV, mistakes will happen. People will cry, stuff will get burnt. We'll see. So I drain those away. You'll see that even after they've had a chance to soak in the, uh, in the lemon, they're still retaining that, one, that, that nice, crisp, clean flavor to them. Really awesome. With that, I'm gonna go ahead and add diced grapes. some sliced celery, and walnuts. Now you can get these, you can buy your walnuts in bulk, obviously. We've talked about this before in prior episodes when we were making granola and so on, but you don't wanna buy these chopped ones because they're gonna be kind of one note. On the other hand, I like to get whole walnuts because I kind of like different flavors. In some bites, I like large amounts of walnut and small. So just take a Ziploc bag, get your rage ready. Yes, no one's here, Elbow. Smash those down a little bit. I mean, there's just something so believingly satisfying about that, right? Right. So now we've crushed those walnuts a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and get those back on camera. That would probably help, huh? And uh, so now I've got your apples, the grapes, your celery, and your walnuts in here. Now I'm gonna add up to six tablespoons of Miracle Whip. I don't wanna hear it, okay? Nothing. Now, if you are someone who's, who's doing vegan or if you're able, I believe yogurt is vegan, um, I think. So you could use that with yogurt instead of using the Miracle Whip or mayonnaise, which both have egg in it. So if you don't want to do that, that's totally fine. Um, you can put nothing at all, but it would make it kind of a weird salad. So I'm going to go ahead and add, that looks like six tablespoons. But also, this also looks like a bowl that is a little too um, small for what we're working with. So, you know what we're going to do? As they say, I just broke my door. Go big or go home. Huh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, not today. So I'm going to go ahead and mix this in here. You can add a pinch of pepper, especially if you think that the Waldorf salad is going to be a little uh, um, sweet. I kind of like the idea of doing that. You can also add a quarter teaspoon to a half a teaspoon of salt. That, again, up to you. These are not things that you have to do. But you definitely want to make sure that you have Miracle Whip, yogurt, and or mayonnaise. Don't want to hear which one's your favorite. Actually, I do want to hear which one's your favorite. I don't want to hear which one's not your favorite. You can also use, um, yeah. So, secret ingredient. Super easy. And finally, whipped cream. Now you can make it from scratch, blah, 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 blah. If you want. Oh, you want to say hi? Come on. Oh. I'll bring him at the end of the show. So you can bring it in if you want, but honestly, just a little bit of whipped cream like that works really, really great. Cool Whip works just as well too, not gonna lie. I do kind of like the dairy and the creaminess flavor that I get from the whipped, uh, like a whipped light cream than I do from a Cool Whip. Though again, if Cool Whip's what you're gonna, or a Cool Whipped topping, I guess, is that's what you're going to use, that is perfectly fine. I don't wanna, you know, everybody has different tastes, different strokes. They like different things. And one of the things that I absolutely love about cooking is that you can cook how you like. I don't ever, ever, as I try not to drop this everywhere, I don't ever want to see anybody feel like they have to get pigeonholed to make something just because that's how it should be made. Make what you like. It's your food. You're the one eating it. Your friends gonna eat it. If they're not gonna eat their, if they're not gonna like your food, your friends are either gonna be polite enough not to say anything, still eat it, and then throw it up later. I'm kidding. Or they're just gonna say it's a wonderful thing because you're your friends. So moving on. Now service for those lettuce cups. These are really great idea actually. I got these nice wonderful hearts of romaine. Kind of nice light sweet flavor goes really well with that. 
I'll take food like so. Just kind of toss that on there like that, possibly using wider cups like that. And then just drop these serving portions. You can get a serving platter and then take the little serving platter and kind of set that up. Or you can have, again, little individual portion sizes that set on everything, however you want to go. For the party that I'm going to do, I'm going to make little individualized cups and I'm going to set it up kind of like a salad plate for people. And if they don't eat it, they don't eat it. But most of my friends like my food, so they'll eat it. Right? So now we've got a really simple and elegant, I, well, I guess it's not technically elegant, but I think it's elegant. Uh, uh, one of the best salads I think I have ever had and my favorite, right? So that's the second thing that I am going to be doing on my party. How are we doing so far? Ready for our non-sounding? This is seriously so irritating. I mean, I was all excited to go every time, but then there was no and that's just not very fun. Ah, all right, so the third thing that I am super duper excited to talk about today are my taquitos. Now, my taquitos are a basis of, my taquitos, sorry about that, everybody. My taquitos are actually based off of my chicken enchiladas. So if you remember my very first episode of the chicken enchilada casserole, that is a wonderful, wonderful dish. This is almost the same thing, just on different words. So this gives me a wonderful opportunity to kind of like, provide individualized service, but still have some of the great things that my uh, friends like. These are also super easy to make, super easy to freeze and then reheat later on and they retain their crispiness. So are we ready to talk about how to make them? I think we're ready to talk about how we like to make them. Yes, everybody, let's talk about how we, all right, all right, all right. It's a little quiet in my in-studio audience today. So the first thing that I'm gonna do is turn my pan on to about like a little bit more than a medium low heat. And I'm just gonna let that sit. Now. Regarding the chicken mixture, you remember the chicken enchilada uh, recipe that I have on episode one, where we talked about the sour cream, the cream cheese, so on and so forth. The difference between the, uh, the chicken mixture for this versus the chicken enchiladas is that there is no cream of chicken soup and I'm not using any sour, I'm sorry, I'm not using any cream cheese and I'm using half as much sour cream. Now you can change these however you'd like, but the basis of this remains the same. Shredded chicken, some green chilies, uh, a Monterey Jack and Colby cheese, and I put diced olives because I like it. Same idea as before with the old chicken enchilada cat with my chicken enchilada casserole. You can use a rotisserie chicken and then just shred that, or you can also cook your chicken down uh, at that. I've taken some chicken breasts, I've cooked those off, I let them cool overnight so they were cold, shredded them, then I went ahead and added just a little bit of sour cream, some some cheese and uh, the black olives and the chili. A couple of points is you just wanna make sure that the mixture, although it's a touch wet because you don't wanna have dry chicken, you don't want these taquito mixture to be so goopy that it falls apart. You're not trying to have it soak through the taquito and have it fall apart while you're making the taquito, okay? So the mixture, if you can see here, although it's wet, it separates. So a little bit different than you want before, all right? So I've made my chicken mixture. I've got my pans heating right here. And I'm gonna use corn tortillas and a little bit of olive oil. I'll take about two tablespoons of olive oil. I'm not trying to deep fry these suckers. I'm just trying to cook them. And remember, my chicken is already cooked. So in essence, all I'm really doing is crisping up each of these tortillas and kind of like making sure I'm sealing them shut. try not to set the fire alarm off today. As we wait for that to heat up, one of the things I'm going to talk about are a couple of sides that you can use with this that are really great. Find a spot here. One is a salsa verde. Now you can just as easily go into a grocery store and in the really in the, the in the Mex in the, I hate to use this word, but in the Mexican aisle or in the Latin uh, aisle, a lot of times they will have these little tiny cans of salsa verde. They're really, really great and really simple and not expensive at all. You can also make your own salsa verde really, really easy. And that's with these. So these are tomatillos and they are a South American tomato. 
And although they're, they look green and they don't look ripe, I assure you that they are. And that is where all, well, most, actually all of your salsa verdes come from. Super easy to do. I'm just gonna take off the, re, re, uh, the wrapping of that. I'm going to cut this in half and then I'm going to take some green, uh, diced green chilies that I have in the can. I'm gonna leave the juice inside. I'm gonna throw it into a blender for 30 seconds until it purees. I'm gonna add a little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of onion powder, and just a touch of cracked black pepper. And, ta-da! Easy, simple, not expensive. It's so surprising when you do things at home that I have found when I've started making more and more things from scratch, I've realized that it's not as expensive as you think. It is difficult sometimes to kind of learn and adapt your ideas, but once you've figured it out, I assure you, doing these things like this from scratch is almost as cheap as going out and buying it themselves. These tomatillos right here cost me 37 cents, okay? I got a can of trained chilies right here. These were 59 cents. So I can go spend $1.75 on a can of salsa, that salsa verde, which I don't want to say is bad. You can go ahead and do it. That's a great thing. But I was able to do that for less than the can of salsa. So I'm not saying that you have to always do it like that. But if you're looking for a unique experience or you want to try something else, that's how easy it is, right? So it looks like my oil is heated up just enough so we can talk about how to make these taquitos. So I've got a corn tortillas. One of the things that's really big on taquitos, you want to make sure that the tortillas that you're using are fresh. You don't want them to be dry. You don't want them to be kind of like hard or crusty or anything like that. Because when you go to roll these tortillas, they're going to break. If you're worried about breaking these tortillas, there's kind of a little bit of a hack that you can use ahead of time. And that is take this tortilla and very carefully dip it in your hot oil. Take it out of the hot oil. Let it drain for a little bit and cool. That will warm up the tortilla, warms up the uh, material, the ingredients that make the tortilla up, providing kind of a little bit of a gelatinous material. And that allows you to use and roll this tortilla without having it break. Another way to make sure that your tortillas are not going to break up is not overfill your uh, taquito. I'm gonna take a handful, it's about this much, and I'm gonna spread it on the bottom half of my taquito, okay? I'm gonna pull it together. I'm gonna take one side and I'm going to, with a little bit of pressure, but not a lot, roll my taquito. If I roll too hard, I'm gonna break it. If I don't roll hard enough, there's gonna be too much air in between this taquito. So I'll pull the taquito like so, and I'm going to drop this taquito, just like so. I did this one wrong, so let's make another one. So I made too much taquito in there, too much chicken mixture, which means when I went to go roll it, it wasn't going to sit correctly on the bottom. So now whenever I go to flip my taquito, it's not going to be sealed. Let's try it again. While that one's baking, I'm going to be careful here. Mom, close your eyes. Don't worry, burn myself here. I've taken, I've warmed that tortilla up just a little bit. This time I'm gonna use less. Because my plan on this tortilla, on the taquito is to be able to roll it over enough that I get a full roll of just tortilla. There we go. So now I've got a perfect and round taquito that's falling apart. A little too much stuff at the edges, but that's okay. I'm gonna again, set it in my oil, face down in regard, let's just say that the seam area, we're gonna call that the face. I'm gonna put that face down and I'm gonna leave it there for a little bit. Now, if you're too worried about cooking them fast, remember your chicken is already cooked. You're just in essence heating this up and crisping up that tortilla. So it is okay if you're a little terrified of burning yourself or anything to keep this heat lower than you normally would for frying other items, okay? That can help you keep it even brown, keeps your tortilla from drying out. So now it's had a couple of minutes. I'm gonna go ahead and flip these just like I thought it failed. But that's okay, still tasty, still gonna eat it. I'm gonna 
and I'm gonna flip as about every maybe, let's say 45 seconds to a minute, I'm going to quarter turn my taquito. So my bottom facing here first, then a quarter flip, let it sit there for a little bit, quarter flip, let it sit there a little bit, and then a quarter flip. I wanna be careful that when, as I'm flipping these, I'm not leaving them in the oil too long on any specific side, and even if initially I'm turning these a little faster than I normally would, let's say before they warm up, I'm doing so to ensure the fact that the tortillas themselves cook evenly and don't split apart. So see, like that is what we're not trying to do. You see, I put too much filling in here. So when I went to roll it and I set it out, it was lopsided, so it unrolled itself. Now it's still good and it's still tasty and I'm still gonna eat it. It's just, you know, not pretty. Just, just hide it, right? So I'll flip these once again. If you do find the fact that they are starting to split open and stuff, don't panic, don't freak out, don't touch it, okay? If it's, see, you'll see right here on this top side, that it started to split along that top. I'm not gonna panic and I'm not gonna freak out. If I try to touch it before this tortilla is all the way cooked, it's just gonna fall apart in the pan. On the other hand, if I let it cook a little bit more and just suffer with the fact that it's got a crack on the top, it'll be okay. It'll hold together. I could flip this and possibly seal it back up as I corn over, but don't stress out. Should we make one more? What's our time? Let's make one more. Okay. Tortilla. Just a little bit, because at this point it's pretty hot. Pull that apart. I'm gonna let it drain a little bit. I'm gonna take my tortilla from the, uh, I'm gonna take my chicken mixture from the bottom third of my taquito, making sure that I have it nice and centered, just like that. Okay, up, turn, tuck, and roll. Ooh, I think I made a perfect taquito. Again, I'm gonna set this bad boy or girl because it's a non-gender specific taquito. I'm gonna roll this one a little bit. So this one's done. I'm gonna pull this off and I'm gonna let it sit. Now all this cooking, while that's finishing up, let's talk about these taquitos. You can preset all of this. I made the chicken mixture the night before, let it sit. It's actually better if it does that because it impacts more of that wonderful flavor so the chili gets into the taquito or into the chicken and so on, kind of creates this wonderful blended flavors. Once you've cooked these off, now you can freeze them and then bring them back out, throw them in the oven, they'll cook right back up. Or if you're doing an outdoor party and you have a grill, just take a small metal pan and take those a little bit of foil and put those in there and they will steam right back up and retain their crispy texture because they were fresh tortillas to begin with, freshly done, freshly everything. So they'll be fine. Now I'm not saying that you should freeze these and not eat them for two or three weeks. I'm talking about making them like a large amount that you're gonna make for a party, putting those in Ziploc bags, freezing them for a couple of days and then bringing them out to cook. That, might, that way you have less stuff to deal with the day of the party. But either way, it's still really easy and still really simple to make these. So I've taken those off. Oh, look, I made a perfect taquito. <sighs> I uh, have the temperature down a little bit. I'm gonna so finish cooking. So with these taquitos, I'm gonna serve them with the salsa verde. I might make a small cheese dip. I have definitely have sour cream, but I have so many other things going on with the party and the food and all that other stuff that I'm not too concerned about don't yes. And I definitely want to make sure that you don't eat them. I, yes, Talana, uh, uh, absolutely. Seam side down first. It's always going to be your best bet. That's where, uh, that way you roll those for about like on that bottom part with the seam for about 45 minutes, or I'm sorry, 45 seconds to one minute and then rotate a quarter turn. Let's see how this bad boy is doing. Hey. Looks like we're good. Use the force, Luke. Aha! Ish. And we're good. Some beautiful, wonderful, crispy, tasty taquitos. Super easy. 
Again, you can make these as difficult as you want. You can cook down the chicken yourself. You can go and make your own green, grow your own green chilies. Or on your way home from work, you can pick up a rotisserie chicken, a can of green chilies, a can of black olives, some sour cream, come back home, split that apart, mix it all together, let it chill for the night, be, the, for overnight, and then make it the next day. As always with any Grumpy Bunny recipe, it's easy as heck to make it as hard as possible and hopefully just as easy to make it easy as possible. Super tasty. I put the recipe for the uh, taquitos on uh, the site. If you're new to the Grumpy Bunny show and you have no idea what I'm talking about regarding the chicken enchilada casserole, I beg and plead that you watch episode one where we talk about it because it is fantastic. Wow. So we've made a nice, wonderful charcuterie board individualized for our friends so that everybody can feel comfortable in an environment that they're good to go. I made a chicken taquito setup again, a way for me to make individualized portions for people so that they don't feel like they're grabbing the same pan to cook their stuff out of. What's next? What's Oh, we've made a Waldorf salad. I forgot about that too. Oh my goodness. My there's somebody. Oh, I know what it is. The thing that you all have been talking about since I showed the pictures of it on Facebook. Should we talk the berry cobbler? I think we should talk the berry cobbler. All in favor of berry cobbler say aye. Aye. Woohoo. All right. Berry cobbler. Had to clean up a mess here because it's staff. No, honestly, that would be great. That that's a hearsay on that plant. Let's move all this thing out of the way here. All right. So berry cobbler. I have a great berry cobbler recipe that I have. Absolutely love it. You know, super easy, super fun. But again, using the idea of trying to make a I don't trying to make it more. People who have anxiety in certain situations make a thing. I wanted to make individualized portions. Plus, who knows? Maybe you don't want to eat an entire cobbler. You want to only have a little very cobbler bites. So I took my cobbler recipe and turned them into cobbler cakes. Little, tiny, individualized cobblers that turned out to be pretty freaking awesome. Ready to talk how we do it? I think so. First things first. You're going to need mixed berries. You can use any berries that you'd like. I actually made some with strawberry. I made some with strawberry, blackberry, raspberry. I made some with just blackberry. I made some with just raspberry. You may want to come over because I got a lot of cobbler. And then these, what we're going to make, are going to be a blend of blackberry and raspberry. So the first thing I'm going to do is preheat my oven to 375. If you're going to use smaller cupcake tins, your cupcake tins are metal and not silicone, I'm sorry, if they're silicone and not metal, you need to change the temperatures to 350, okay? Another thing that we need to talk about are the liners that you're gonna use in these. Today, I'm going to use a foil liner that's recyclable with a ed what's an edible uh, liner on the inside. Now, although I do hope that my friends and family don't eat the liner, if they do, it's okay but it has a wax lining to make sure that while we're cooking these things, that the berries aren't gonna beat themselves through the entire cupcake tin and it's not gonna make a huge mess. You can always use like I did for these cobblers when I didn't use the foil because I wanted to see if it would work. You wanna make sure that you've used at least two, maybe three cupcake liners if you want in order to make that work. Again, the nice thing about the liners that I chose is that they are all compostable. So if you are someone that does composting or something, you can take those few things and you can go ahead and just throw them in a compost. You can also really easily compost these right away because they're so break down so easy. Just shred them up, put them underneath your garden or something like that that you have outside and you're good to go. Either way, you don't have to just throw these wrappers away. Regarding the foil lined wrappers with this, you need to make sure that if there is any food left on these uh, foil wrappers, they are not recyclable and will have to be thrown away. But if they're able to maintain that or you want to wash it, then these are completely recyclable. Okay? So we've had our little talk about that. So we've preheated our ovens. We're going to start with our berries. This is really simple. You're going to take a couple tablespoons Based on, honestly, it's going to depend on how much you're using. If you're using, if you're going to make a giant thing, you're going to use more or less. But I'm going to use about a half a cup of sugar. Half a cup of sugar and about six cups of mixed berries. 
If you choose to use strawberries, have the strawberries and then quarter them. If you leave them a little too large, they're not going to fit in your cupcake cups well. They're going to boil over and it's going to be a sad, sad mess. Um, if you cut them too small, they will completely dissolve and you're going to end up with strawberry goo with the cobbler topping. So cut them in half and then slice them halfways or just like large chunks. So I've taken that right here, half a cup of sugar and that with my blackberries and my raspberries, and then I'm gonna take about one to two teaspoons uh, uh, or tablespoons of cornstarch. So I'm using a little less than six cups because I have about 500 uh, cobbler's cups that I myself or my husband or all of my friends and family and neighbors and literally everybody on the block. No joke, I have enough cobbler cups, I can have a bake sale. So, Oh, maybe that's what I should do is have a bake sale and then put my table right next to the Girl Scout table and then see who sells more. <laughs> so anyway, so I've taken these tiles like that. I'm going to go ahead and do a light mix up here. You know, one thing that I didn't do that I need to tell you right now before we go any farther about this, when you go to mix in your sugar and your cornstarch, mix your sugar and your cornstarch together first and then take this mixture of the sugar and the cornstarch into the berries. Reason is, is that very quickly that cornstarch is going to start to gum up. And if you haven't taken the opportunity to evenly distribute the cornstarch in with the sugar when you go to mix it in the berries, you're liable to have a lot of ber uh, some berries that are going to have more cornstarch than sugar or vice versa. And really your goal is to touch these berries as little as possible. So you just try to, because I don't want to break the berries up. They look so much better if they could cook that way. So I've taken those berries, given them a little bit of a toss. I'm going to set those aside. In a separate bowl for my filling, I'm going to take one cup of flour. I prefer to use a one-to-one -one baking flour. There's no product placement on this. They have a, but this is the brand I like the best because I can guarantee that the stuff is going to be gluten-free. So I take one cup. If you are going to do for gluten-free and you're not doing a one-to-one -one baking flour, but you're just using a basic gluten-free flour, make sure that you take one teaspoon of xanthan gum and an extra half a teaspoon of baking powder. And that's the other thing that we're going to add into that is baking powder. So I'll take our baking powder here. I'm going to add that in there. And then after the baking powder, in this same bowl, you're gonna add your um, shortening. Now I'm using a lard, which is a type of shortening. You can go ahead and use a vegetable shortening if you'd like, and you can also use butter. If you do use butter, make sure that the butter is not melted, but has sat at room temperature for at least an hour. You need this butter to be soft and pliable because you're gonna mix this into this dough. If you're not use it, you're not using very much into the dough, okay? So I've taken my doughs here, I've mixed that up. I'm gonna take about two tablespoons, two tablespoons here of shortening. And I'm gonna go ahead and first mix all of this up here. Because I want to make sure that my shortening or butter or whatever you're using for this has mixed itself pretty thoroughly into the dough before we go ahead and add our wet ingredients. So I've mixed those up. Oh, the sugar. I forgot sugar. Kind of a big thing to forget, isn't it? So, <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. So you're going to do two tablespoons of brown sugar and two tablespoons of white sugar. You know, you're lucky that if I had, I would have just kind of just so tablespoon here. That's a little larger than that, so I'm going to use a little bit less. So about two tablespoons of that. And I'm going to go ahead and mix this up. Again, I'm going to make sure that my brown sugar and my regular sugar are evenly distributed in this flour, okay? I have that same thing with the shortening or the butter or the lard that you're using, okay? If you don't mix this portion up well, just like in your berries, you're going to have pockets of places that might have 
not as much baking soda, or I'm sorry, not as much baking powder, not enough flour, too much, not no sugar or too much sugar. And that really, really affects how the overall product works because in all baking, everything needs to be precise, which is my worst trait ever. So I've taken that aside. In a separate bowl, I have an egg somewhere. And I'm gonna crack my egg. And I'm going to use about one teaspoon or two, two, one to three tablespoons of milk. All right. Then I'm going to mix these two first. And this part's kind of important. I am going to whisk these in together. I'm taking my wet into my dry. So I'm going to start stirring, which will be a fun way to do it this way. I'm mixing in and I am mixing like so, okay? And I'm going to mix this dough until everything has just combined. I'm not trying to aerate these eggs. I'm not trying to make a cake. I am making a topping. It'll look a little crumbly at first. I'm going to just take this here. Possibly add a little bit more milk. You know, my grandma never, ever, ever used any kind of measuring implement ever. And this woman could cook like no one's business. I still to this day have no idea how she did it. We tested her on it and I can guarantee you it worked every time. Okay, so this is being difficult. Snot. So I'm going to add just a little bit more milk because apparently. So, because what I'm looking for is I don't want a biscuit dough, but I don't want pancakes. I want kind of in the middle. Okay. There we go. So see, so now I've got the dough. Now I'm gonna take my berries. Got my cups here and we're not going to overfill. Remember when you go to fill these things that one, the your dough is going to puff up a little bit. Your Berries are going to puff up. They're going to have coagulated. They're going to boil a little bit. So you just put in a few, okay? I'm talking maybe six, okay? Leaving them just like that, okay? So, and I'm going to show you why you want to be careful about not overfilling because through the magic of podcasting. So now I've got my cups like that. Okay. Just like so. I'm going to take a scoop of my dough and I'm just going to kind of put it right in the top of these cups. I'm just dropping them right on top. Making sure that I, you know, I don't necessarily want the, uh, my cobbler topping to really touch the sides. So I'm doing my very best to ensure the fact that my cobbler gets all the way in the middle of this, okay? I've made sure that I haven't overfilled my stuff. I hope they should look like so. Once you have them all set, you pop them right in here in the oven between 20 and 25 minutes. And they'll look like this. Y'all see right here around the edges, how they've kind of come up and over the top. That's because I put a few too many berries in there. When it started to bubble up, it pushed the top of my cobbler topping up. Now, the cool thing about this is you can take some large set granulated sugar right before these are done and drizzle that over the top if you'd like, a little bit of whipped cream, but you can pull these out 
Once you pulled them out of the oven, let them cool for about 15 minutes. And then if you want to, you can totally refrigerate them. Let them set a little. And oh my goodness, look at that. Good, right? I think so. So we've made cobbler. We've made Waldorf salad. We've talked about how to do a charcuterie board with our own stuff. We've made taquitos. You know what we didn't talk about yet? Booze. And I'm gonna give you the really simple, easy way to make the best booze on the planet, okay? So, I have a chilled carafe. Super simple, you can pick them up at the dollar store for a buck. Also really fun thing for, my, for your guests, so on and so forth, right? One part red blend wine. You with me? One part. Maybe a little bit more. It's been a big show. Second part. You don't want to go an equal part of Hennessy, but you can do a splash or two. So this is just a cognac. You can also use a brandy or other sweet liqueur. Stay away from rum, tequila, liquor, hard liquors and things like that. Don't really go that well. I mean, you can be brave if you want. I have heard some bunches coming with a little bit of sangria or uh, a little bit of whiskey, but I prefer the uh, cognac or a brandy. Then fruit juice. And a splash of 7-Up or any other clear uncola beverage. <laughs> Apparently He-Man was the one to put this top on here before. Set that right over. Super simple, super easy. The alcohol content on the red wine because or, uh, on the drink itself is a little bit lower than normal because you're mixing a little bit of, uh, of an uncola in there. You're mixing in some fruit juice. You're not using any hard liquors because the thing about parties is I love to have my friends over and I love them to have fun. I don't like them to get annihilated within the first 15 minutes of being here. Now for garnishes, remember when we did those that dried uh, fruit episode? I made these really cool dry... Oops, dried oranges, which you can set on the side of these, just like so. And these are a little too dry. Here we go. Just like that. And it provides a really neat edible arrangement that someone can do when they're making it. So you can pour them their beverage. They can take a drink. And then... They could just eat the garnish. Really good, right? I think so. I think so as I choke on an orange peel. So, we've got drinks taken care of. We've got all that other stuff done. Lastly, before we go, I thought I'd talk quickly, because I don't have much time left, that we talk quickly about centerpieces. So, you know how I love artificial flowers, because they work the best. And they're really great for centerpieces. There's a couple do's and don'ts, especially if you're doing your centerpiece outside. So do use greeneries. Long, simple, wonderful greenery like so is a great way to kind of have a, a table. If you have a long table set up, it's super easy to separate it and spread it out this way. If you have a shorter setup, it's just easy to maneuver. So you can place your food kind of in these areas however you'd like. What you don't want to use are real flowers or fake flowers that look real. You know, because one of the worst situations that you have at an outdoor party is trying to keep all of the outdoor bugs away from your outdoor party. So when we're talking centerpieces, remember, low and slow, no one wants to look at a flower through their friend's face when they're trying to have a conversation. So keep it low and use simple things. So instead of using large, huge, bold flowers that are gonna attract bees, because remember bees and other insects, they're not attracted to smell, they're attracted to color, okay? So if you take this, it doesn't matter that it's not real. Your bee friend, your wasp friend, your fly friend, all of them are gonna think, oh, look, that's, that's a flower. And then you're gonna be dealing with all of that because they're gonna be like, oh, look, here's all this food. If you use simple things, simple colors like this, 
and then tuck them into your arrangements like so. They're simple, they're elegant, completely reusable, and you can guarantee that you're not going, well, you can't guarantee it because to be honest, you have a bunch of like raw you know, food sitting out there. But it's a really good way to make sure that your centerpiece is not going to get in the way of the rest of your food. You know, I just can't believe that we went through and got through as much of the stuff and I didn't burn the whole place down and I got a chance to show you about all of the great things that I'm going to do for my party. I really, really hope you had a great time watching my show today. You know, one of the things that we're going to talk about in this next two weeks that you're going to absolutely love, we're going to make cheesecakes. We're going to make New York style cheesecake. We're going to make regular cheesecake. We're going to make keto friendly. We're going to make vegan. We're going to make dairy free. We're going to go through the cheesecake parade. So make sure you join me in two weeks on Thursday. I'm going to talk about that. I really, really can't thank everybody enough for giving me this opportunity to have this uh, time with you. I hope you enjoyed learning some fun stuff about that. You can always grab my recipes online at ilogicmedia.com. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I don't have Instagram. Don't know why, but I don't. Um, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Grumpy Bunny, where you'll find all of my past shows. Also, make sure if you do go to YouTube and that's where you're watching our, my shows, that you like and subscribe to iLogic Media. They're the persons that handle all uh, people that handle all of my uh, post production and distribution. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming and watching this. I cannot wait to see you again in two weeks. We're going to have a question and answer uh, at, right after this for a few minutes. And other than that, have a great day, everybody. See you later. All right, everybody, any questions? Comments, concerns, hatred of mayo? So earlier, I think someone said uh, seam side down for those. So when we're talking about rolling the taquitos, yes, you definitely want to make sure that the seam side sits all the way down. And then two, um, as long as you're not overfilling them, you shouldn't have too much of a trouble with it rolling over. The only time where I've really had problems with it rolling over and opening up is when I've just been a little too adventurous and put too much taquito in there to begin. So, so again, thank you, everybody. I appreciate all of you, like, immensely so. We will uh, talk to you all later. I'm, I'm happy to have found you too, Lana. We'll talk to you all. Bye.